0: Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Brandon. And welcome to Living Electric. We're both content creators and electric vehicle enthusiasts. And through this podcast, we hope to share our experience with owning electric vehicles and help you join the electric life. Hey,
1: everyone. Welcome back to Living Electric. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about some really cool things like Joe Biden's plan to convert the federal fleet to all electric, GM's carbon neutral plan by 2035, as well as a bunch of other things that electric vehicles are good at and rebuttaling some FUD.
0: Yeah. So, one of my videos that I posted last week was all about um, Joe Biden's plan for EVs. And this was prior to his whole announcement that we were, that the federal government is planning on converting everything to electric. So, prior to yeah. getting elected, like on Joe Biden's website, like a lot of other politicians kind of lay out their whole plan <laughs> if they're going to get elected, right? So, Um, on evs specifically his plan is to install uh half a million new chargers so not like hitting Mm -hmm. half a million but half a million new chargers which i think brandon and i looked up we're sitting at like forty thousand right now so that's like a 10 times increase basically like it's a lot (laughs) a lot more yeah (laughs) a lot more (laughs) which would be awesome and then another part of that plan is uh is reinstating the federal tax credit. So right now, both Tesla and GM are no longer eligible for that tax credit. And not that it's slowed down their sales per se, but also it might turn some people off if they're looking at buying a new EV. If another company has a tax credit, they might go towards that company. So kind of making it fair for all companies again to sell EVs and let them keep working on evs is, would be a good thing
1: yeah i'm you know i'm curious to know what that federal tax credit will do with uh competition especially with like gm coming out with i think they said 35 all electric vehicles by 2025.
0: yeah 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 it'll be interesting yeah a lot of the comments on my video were kind of talking about that like well, what is this going to do for competition because obviously we want to we make it somewhat fair for companies but i feel like <laughs> Right now, the tax credit it it phases out after you hit two hundred thousand vehicles, so it's almost unfair yeah. to the yeah. to the early arrivers or the early adopters of EVs, the people that are already <laughs> working on them. So, like yeah. all the new EVs that are now coming on the market ten years years later after we had like some some big EVs like the the Model S and the Nissan Leaf, like they're oh, not yeah. getting the tax credit anymore so <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's gonna be interesting especially with these startups too um i i wonder if that tax credit if they'll do anything for like uh commercial vehicles like uh, like how lordstown is yeah. working with like a bunch of fleet
0: yeah yeah that that was another point i made i made in my video too is like this is obviously just a plan we don't really have a lot of details yeah. right now <laughs> and i mean with any politics like Plans are great, but until it actually gets put into place, we don't really know what's going to happen. So
1: yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll...
0: interesting. I know, I know in his plan, he kind of laid out that he definitely wants it to be like American companies first. So hopefully mm-hmm. American car companies and cars built in America will get precedent on that EV tax credit.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that, especially with those, you know, the startups. Yeah. Like Lordstown, Lucid. Yeah. All these new American manufacturers.
0: Mm hmm. And that kind of leads into Joe Biden's press conference where he talks, I believe it's about a week ago now, right? That he did kind of I, a whole press conference laying everything out.
1: Yeah, that was a, about a week ago. Okay. At and, the end of January.
0: And he basically, like on a basic level, said we've got over half a million cars in the federal fleet. And we would like to convert all those to electric by, is it 2030? I think that was the year. Um,
1: I believe so. I might have to google I... that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to have to look at that too. Uh
0: this is from the White House website. So it says, "President Biden set ambitious ambitious goals that will ensure America and the world can meet the urgent demands of the climate crisis while empowering American workers and businesses to lead a clean energy revolution that achieves a carbon pollution-free power sector by 2035 and puts the United States on an irreversible path to a net-zero economy by 2050."
1: Okay. So So we got the, we got the decade, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing it's, uh, it's something along, along there. I swear there was a year attached to it, but I'm not 100% sure. But anyway. Uh,
1: So talking about going carbon neutral in 2035, GM recently announced um, right around the time Biden announced his plan that they will be going carbon neutral by 2035. They announced that they will be coming out with 35 electrified vehicles by 2025 and they will be replacing pretty much all their light duty vehicles with fully electric vehicles as well so that's pickup trucks suvs passenger vehicles um i'm assuming cargo vans with their bright drop Mm -hmm. business line yeah um so it's going to be pretty cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and kind of back to the, the federal government thing, there's there's obviously going to be a huge government contract for a lot of vehicles. I know we talked yes. about the, the post office is probably the biggest one where we've got all of these old <laughs> 1980s vehicles that are – I believe they get like ten miles per gallon, which is just yeah. like we're just throwing money money away at that point, right? So Oh yeah. And a lot of those post office vehicles don't drive very far. They're very low speed. They're braking all the time, which is where yep. like EVs shine really. Like that's where they do the best.
1: Oh yeah. All the maintenance savings, fuel savings. Yeah.
0: And yeah. I think that's that's like a huge thing that I think people might not put into the put in the whole equation. They might be saying, like, well, this is gonna cost so much money, but like It'll be really expensive up front to convert all these vehicles, but after that, the cost of like operating and owning all these vehicles is not going to be that high.
1: No, no. In fact, we actually did some of the math. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we did. Um, what's really cool is that on the federal um, website, I think it was the General Assembly website, if I remember, where we found that massive spreadsheet. They uh, there's a um, pu- a public spreadsheet where you can find to the exact amount. What kind of vehicle the federal fleet is using for which specific department? Um, They also break it down on cost per mile. And uh, currently, the cost uh, per mile for the federal fleet is around 97 cents or roughly a dollar, um, which equated to well over, I think, what was it, $3.8 billion? It was a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: It's (laughs) basically a a dollar (laughs) per mile. And then you multiply that by all of the vehicles we have and the miles they drive, and it added up to a lot of money, <laughs> basically. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and just to compare what it was like, if, uh, you know, like our ownership experience with driving an electric vehicle, I think we were sitting, what, like around six cents
0: per mile? It's, yeah, per... it's about a tenth of the price, basically. So yeah, I mean you're instantly at least for operating. Obviously, that's not that's not uh, that's not putting up upfront costs into the equation, but at least yeah. operating expenses would get about a tenth of what they were before, which is awesome. I mean, think about yeah. how much money the the government is going to save by doing that.
1: Yeah, it's incredible.
0: So that kind of leads us into a lot of our kind of major topics for this week is talking about what EVs are really good at. I think we. A lot of people Mm kind of start thinking about all the compromises you have to make with an EV, but honestly, it's almost the opposite of that. Like there are a lot of benefits to driving an EV and Brandon and I are going to kind of share our experience with that and what our cost savings have been like, what our experiences driving them have been like, uh, any range issues or lack thereof, I guess, uh, with (laughs) driving an EV. I guess kind of on the expense side, I know for me, I'm in a really unique position where I had a lot of free charging at work. And that was a major factor in switching to an electric vehicle is the, is the opportunity to charge at work uh, free of cost every day, every day. It's kind of a benefit that we have as employees working for the company I do. And previous to driving the Model 3, I was spending upwards of $200 per month on gas. Which same. is, were you about in the same boat?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was.
0: And what were you, what were you driving before your Bolt? Uh,
1: I was driving a 2017 Volkswagen Golf. Okay, and that was I was averaging about thirty-eight miles to a gallon. Uh, so still an efficient car, commute. right? Very. So yeah,
0: and I was driving a Scion FRS, which is still like probably my worst car purchase I've had <laughs> in my <laughs> in my short life of uh, owning cars. But I was I was in the same boat, paying two hundred some dollars a month on gas, which was part of the reason I could switch over to a Model Three, which was like objectively a much more expensive car. Um, but I Mm -hmm. could afford it because I didn't have to pay for gas. Like that was a huge, huge draw for me.
1: I I know for, um, I'm sure I'm assuming driving a a Scion, it was reliable because it was a Toyota product. Yeah. So did you ever have to put any maintenance work into it?
0: I didn't No, just kind of the typical stuff like oil changes and things like that. Um, never replaced the tires because I didn't own it. I owned it for about a year, I think. Oh, ended up losing money on it because it was just like depreciating. So um yeah obviously wasn't a great purchase for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: i fell into the same boat because i ended my lease early to go um, electric. yeah so yeah yeah but typical volkswagen i did have to put some money into it. <laughs> yeah.
0: i guess on the uh On the electricity side, like I don't have to pay a lot for charging. And that was partly because I was getting free charging at work. I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of referral miles from the Tesla referral program. So I basically never have to pay for supercharging again. I think I have over 100,000 miles (laughs) of of free supercharging right now, which is just absurd, which I'm very fortunate. I'm definitely in a very unique case here. So I, I kind of I'm reluctant to share my my cost of charging because it is not accurate for most people. So, Brandon, what's your what's your charging like at least since since switching that?
1: Yeah. Uh So sadly, GM does not have a referral. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could get free no, free charging. A miles. lot of
0: a lot of companies now are including free charging when you buy a car, right? That that's
1: true. Yeah, yeah. I I know Volkswagen, Lucid, uh, I think Tesla too, right? Or no? Did they switch back to a pay per charging
0: for all of the new new purchases you have to pay for supercharging unless you get a referral code and can get some free miles from that um but if you buy a used tesla some of them do have free unlimited supercharging which is definitely definitely a good thing to look for if you're looking at a used tesla is see if it has free unlimited supercharging because that can help cut costs as well
1: oh yeah absolutely especially i mean a free road trip who wouldn't want that yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah Um, I I know for me, the charging expenses weren't too expensive. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't have the opportunity to, you know, take part in like workplace charging, Mm -hmm. Um, at least where I'm currently employed. Uh, My previous employer had uh, 20 chargers in their parking bays, like in their garage, um, which were free for employer or employees. That's awesome. But charging from home, it's only roughly about like $30 a month. Which is still you know over a hundred and fifty dollars saving, yeah yeah, so which has been which has been really nice, mm-hmm. um, just to come home and plug in and just you know get going with my night
0: and it's way more convenient too. I don't think many people factor that into the equation like. When you go get gas it's typically like when you're out running errands and stuff and it's just another thing to do on your list whereas like mm-hmm. with an EV you drive home, you plug in and you wake up with a full charge in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. which is Looks crazy. It's super convenient. Like there are no yeah. there are no gas cars unless you like work for an oil company maybe that you can like a fill up at work or fill up in your garage like Yeah. <laughs> right. It's pretty crazy.
1: I know. I, I think the one thing that, like, I um, definitely uh, don't take for granted is being able to plug in, like, say, for example, like, during a snowstorm, um, instead of, like, having to run out and get gas during, you know, like, a blizzard.
0: That's a good point. <laughs> you yeah. Just,
1: yeah. Plug in it at home just that. go inside. Yeah. Um a YouTube comment actually triggered that thought of mine. Um they were discussing that um that it might be hard to like, you know, plug in during a storm or something like that. And it's like, honestly, it's not. Just yeah. you know. Yeah. You don't have to worry about driving in the snow,
0: get gas. Exactly. Go yeah. I had never even thought about that. 'Cause you're like you said you're like in a whiteout right now, like it's pretty yes. it's pretty nasty <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking I do not want to go out and get gas. No. <laughs> So that's a nice perk.
0: Yeah, so so costs are definitely a big draw. And similar to like the federal government switching over, when you switch to an EV, EVs right now have a higher upfront cost than gas cars. So that's definitely like something to consider. But when Mm -hmm. you're buying a car, I think it's important financially and not only with EVs, but any car, honestly, is to look at the total cost of ownership of the car. Like what is your... What is your maintenance going to be like? What is it going to cost to own the car long term? Because that's typically what most people do. They're owning cars for multiple years. It's not just a not just a short thing. So yeah. factoring that in yeah. and seeing how much you're going to save on gas, how much you're going to save on oil changes, transmission replacements, like any of that stuff. Yeah. Like that's something to consider. When you buy a car, and it might not be something you you normally think about.
1: Yeah, you know, Alex, I'll tell you an example. Um, we had a, a Volkswagen that had a Porsche um, transmission in it. Okay. And every year, you would have to go in for a thousand dollar maintenance on the just the transmission.
0: Wow, because yeah. it was Porsche,
1: yeah. or yeah, it's a uh, it was a DSG transmission, okay. so it was like their um, dual clutch okay. automatic. Um, I don't know too much of the detail, but all I know is that you would have to go in once a year and spend a thousand dollars just for maintenance.
0: Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I'll
1: take my, I'll take my single speed automatics any day. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) jeez, Don't want to worry about that. Yeah. There's typically less than like a dozen moving parts on an EV, which is crazy when you think about how complicated cars are typically. I mean, you got the you got the motor, you have the transmission, you have, like, everything involved. So I'm not a car guy, so I don't know, like, all this stuff. That's, like, part of yeah. the reason I switched over to EVs, because I don't I don't have time to learn about all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I grew up around it, so. Yeah, yeah, so you probably know sold. better than me. Yeah.
1: I just was almost forced into it as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good thing it's lived on.
0: <laughs> so when I was looking at EVs, I think a lot of people thought, like, oh, well, they're just going to be, like, a... A golf cart like people have probably driven like electric golf carts before and they're they're they're, they're zippy but they're not like they're not like speed demons <laughs> and they're not no. like <laughs> no they're not <laughs> not like crazy fun to drive but when you get into a like a real ev like a not that there are not non-real evs but like a, an actual <laughs> car that's like built to be electric it is insane like how high performing they are even like oh yeah even between our cars like the Bolt is like a hatchback, which is typically not like a high-performance car. But no, I mean you could probably share more on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, you know, like the best thing about my car, especially in sport mode, is that like it feels like it's doing zero to sixty pretty quick. <laughs> um, I know it's doing zero to sixty in like six seconds, um, but like zero to thirty-five, like almost nobody catches up with me. That's it's, uh, that's awesome. It's great to squeal the tires, <laughs> scare the people in the parking lot,
0: <laughs> which is crazy because you probably like have people at stoplights look over and like, oh, that thing's like slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can just yeah beat them off the
1: line. Yeah, it's actually funny i did like a um a faux practice autocross course mm-hmm. over the summer and the back of the car the bolt you know is front wheel drive yeah and uh i took a turn pretty quick and the back lifted up and uh my car now has <laughs> the name piddles because it looked like it was <laughs> like a dog that's piddles, awesome. the bolt
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: but have... how do you feel about your tesla speed
0: oh my gosh it's it's insane like obviously i was coming from a scion frs which is like a two-door sports car which is like yeah obviously i'm pretty sure the scion um it's an it's a toyota ft86 is the like same model mm-hmm. um which is not typically like a very high acceleration car but it's still very like nimble and can take tight turns like it's a sports car yeah. And switching to the Model 3 was insane because it felt like it melded a luxury car and a sports car together to build like a crazy like racing luxury car. Like it's insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously it's like a much more expensive car so it is like a lot nicer and in a lot of different ways but the, the acceleration is what, what got me and what, what I probably like most about driving an electric car. Not only for like Gunning it when the light turns green, but also the safety aspect of it. Like I feel much yeah. safer in a car that can can do what I want it to whenever I put press the pedal. I'm not waiting for it to accelerate. Like if I'm yeah. on the highway and I I need to get around somebody, or I can see that somebody's like driving rec- recklessly and is about to swerve yeah. into me. Like I can get out of the way really quickly.
1: Yeah. Well, I know that that saved a lot of people online. Like there's a bunch of videos that show the instant torque has yeah. like saved them from being ruined, and um i know for me whenever i get back into like a gas powered vehicle i keep saying like
0: this is so slow <laughs> <laughs> why are the gears shifting why? yeah 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 it's funny when i get into my girlfriend's car and i gotta drive it's like like waiting for the gear to change every time she drives like yeah. an old suv though so it's like obviously gonna be slower than yeah. <laughs> than a tesla but
1: yeah, I know. I know. Not to mention like a manual transmission, like waiting yeah. to go through the gears. Yeah, it's more it's more engaging. And I think it's fun when you have to drive a manual, but Definitely. it's trying to get that uh,
0: RPM up. <laughs> I have I have still not learned how to drive a manual car. I still really? need to learn. Yeah, I've never needed to. I've only owned automatic cars. So and like my family has never owned manual cars. So yeah. Yeah. Well it's I don't think I, want to I learn. would to
1: <laughs> I would I would offer our manual car, but if I can't fit in it, there's no way
0: you
1: <laughs> <fit in> <laughs> Most of the time I'm like driving with my head like <laughs> to the side. That's funny. <laughs> so Alex, I was gonna ask you, have you um have you either ridden or driven like a P one hundred D or some of like the performance Model S? I or I Model
0: drove X? a friend of mine here in Columbus has a P eighty five D and it's an old it's an older model i I believe it's a 2013 so like one of the first like performance model s's that came out and we it was funny i met with met up with him at a supercharger and it's in like a kroger parking lot so we (laughs) there's a perfect drag strip at the back of the kroger parking lot that we used (laughs) so and that has the The ludicrous mode or insane mode or something like that, I think, which is crazy on the Model S because it's not like the Model 3 where you just like punch it. It has actual launch control, so yeah, you press on the. You probably have done it before, but you press on the the gas or the sorry the you put it into the like the launch mode. You press on the gas and then you press on the on the, or no you press on the brake. Then you press on the accelerator, and then it'll like get ready to launch basically and then as soon as you let off the brake it just goes yeah cuz the motor's <laughs> already like spun up when you've got the gas on which is crazy it just like turns the current on and then guns oh, it oh yeah yeah so yeah. his car only does 0 to 60 in 3 point like 1 or 3 seconds ish which is <laughs> only, up, only yeah. <laughs> yeah well this new like Model S Plaid is doing sub 2 seconds which is just I, even hard to it, comprehend <laughs> you know i can't
1: even imagine like i've driven like well i haven't driven like the new performance model s but like i've driven the p100d with ludicrous yeah and doing zero to 60 in like 2.3 seconds um my my dad actually lost consciousness when he was riding me with like the one time holy
0: crap yeah
1: yeah he got like tunnel vision so i can't even imagine what it's like to do zero to 60 in under two seconds yeah (laughs) It's, it's it's absurd I feel like it's gonna hurt yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. and obviously teslas are kind of on the like the high-end spectrum of performance but even like like i drove a nissan leaf about a year and a half ago and it's still like zero to 60 in sub six seconds like it's still gonna beat like most new cars if you're not buying like a performance car like yeah it's insane yeah, that, that's how I feel about my bolt. Like e- even if I'm going
1: like 30 and I punch on the accelerator, I still get thrown back. Yeah, yeah. Fun, fun torque figure. Really fast. I just want to want to say this. Um, when Chevy had the um, Spark EV, at the time it actually had more torque figures than uh, some Ferraris. Really, it had over 400 pound feet of torque.
0: Jeez, <laughs> that's
1: insane. Yeah yeah so that was like the one uh milestone that car lived up for that's funny <laughs> or lived up to <laughs> <laughs> i i love how fast evs i i don't think i could ever go back to i know that's the thing is that.
0: like i get in a gas car obviously i've i drive more evs than gas cars now like if i'm doing a test drive or anything like that um mm-hmm. but i'd be interested to see like how quick some of the new newer cars out are because i know like Like gas cars are still quick, but to get that like higher performance, you almost have to buy like a performance car.
1: That's one thing I really want to get behind the wheel of a Porsche Taycan Mm -hmm. because it has the two-speed gearbox instead of like the typical Mm -hmm. one-speed. So that extra gear, even though it shifts super quickly, is supposed to help with performance figures. I gotcha. Um, So I really, really would love to test drive one. Yeah. See what that's like.
0: So in Uh terms of range do you think you've ever felt like you a don't have like enough range to get where you're going or b don't feel like you're gonna run out of range quickly like did you ever get down like really low and be like oh i'm cutting it close i might i might run out of range
1: yeah so I'll tell you um I did when I first got my my bolt um we went on a a trip up to Detroit and we did not plan it right It mm. was cold, you know we had the heat blasting the entire trip. we were driving like 75 miles per hour. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we um, it, we were like noobs to, to driving <laughs> electric cars. Um, so um, on the way back to the Electrify America charger, um, the uh, charge dropped below ten miles, Ooh. and we had fifteen miles to get to the charger. And it was screaming at us, flashing you know bright orange lights, you know stuff like that. But wow. we made it with five miles left on a charge. Um, so after that experience, I think it like reassured us that you know, these cars are smart enough to warn us yeah. that they're, if, if they get that low, mm-hmm. but ever since then, I've never
0: been concerned. That's good. What about you? So the lowest, I think I've been, I, I spend most by driving around Columbus, honestly, and the lowest I've been, we were like right next to a charger, but we wanted to drive like closer to home so we could charge and then go home instead of like going out yeah. of our way to charge. And I think I tweeted about it, but I got down to like, like I arrived at the charger with like 1% left. I typically leave my car in percent. So I feel like I'm, I might be in the minority there, but. <laughs> I wish I could do that. I genuinely
1: wish I could do that.
0: Because <laughs> honestly, like I, when I, similar to you, when I first got my car, I left it in range mode, like the, with the miles showing up. Um, mm-hmm. And I was very like, I would always pay attention to like how many miles I'd left, uh, how many miles it is the next charger, all this stuff. But honestly, like I leave it on percent now, and obviously I don't have a home charger, so it's a little bit different. So I almost kind of treat it like a gas car now, whereas like if I get below 25%, it's like okay, I probably need to go plug in.
1: Yeah. Um yeah.
0: And similar on a on a road trip too is I'll kind of plan it so that I'm arriving to a supercharger with around 25% left, because that's when your charge is the fastest as well. Yeah. And that's actually speeds up a lot of your road trips as if you're you're arriving with a lower state of charge. But definitely, similar to you, that's something I thought about a lot when I first got my car is, am I going to be able to make it? Like, am I going to run out? All that kind of stuff. But in my car as well, it will yell at you when you need to plug in. (laughs) If you're on a road trip, it'll say you need to stay below 75 or 70 miles per hour to reach your destination. Um, I don't think it turns off heat or anything like that. But those are all kind of things you learn after you've been driving is, like, what affects efficiency the most? Like, what do you need to do to make it to your destination? But honestly, like, I've never had to make, like, compromises that have made me, like, uncomfortable driving. Or like yeah. cold while yeah. I'm driving just to reach my destination.
1: I I refuse to give up my creature comforts. <laughs> so <laughs> I will always have either the AC or the heat on. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I'm the same way.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to. I have to. I, I know now um now that I've been driving, you know, an electric car for like a year and a half, I actually go out of my ways to test the vehicle just to see how low I can get it. Yeah. Um, purposely. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I've 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 kind of done that like that's part of the reason i drove to that next charger is to see like well what's it gonna do like <laughs> like i almost wanted it to get down like below one and see what happens yeah because uh, yeah. i was close enough to a charger and i'm not sure how smart the bolt is if it'll say like it's estimating like you'll have x amount of miles left when you arrive at the charger or yeah it it's, doesn't do it, that no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no it does not uh you, with the, with the bolt you kind of have to figure that that's out you know that out yourself but um like in if you have like Apple CarPlay or Android Auto, you can look at the My Chevy app on your okay. infotainment screen. And it does like a good job of showing you like how much range you'll have left when you get to your destination. Okay. Um, but it from my experience, it doesn't update in real time. It updates mm-hmm. like every ten or fifteen minutes. Gotcha. So I wish it was uh, to that point. <laughs> yeah, mine
0: is. I hope they do that in the updated bolts. I, I'd assume they'd kind of re, so. revamp the software and make it a little bit better.
1: I, I genuinely hope so, too. Some type of routing software would be that's, great, even yeah. if it just showed you, yeah, your estimated range.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a huge part of why I went with the Teslas, because they have a lot of that built in. It is, like, incredibly mm-hmm. accurate with how much range you'll have or what percent your battery will be at when you arrive somewhere. So I literally plug in my destination or I plug in my charger and it'll say, you'll arrive with 36%. And I'm like, okay. And then I get there and I've got 37%. Like, <laughs> like it's crazy yeah. <laughs> how, how good it is. Um, yeah. But it also takes kind of your like driving style into account too. I think the biggest thing with EVs is efficiency is affected by a lot of different things it's similar in gas cars but you probably don't notice it as much because you're like oh i've got a quarter of tank i probably need to fill up now whereas like with an ev i think people are like almost have this preconceived idea like oh i'm gonna run out like i gotta be careful and it's not not necessarily the case and you're gonna lose efficiency in a gas car similar to what you would in an ev it might be a little bit more just because of how like tuned the evs are for the different environments they're in <laughs>
1: I, I was about to say like um, you brought up a good point like when you're driving a gas car you don't notice how like exterior temperature might impact your efficiency yeah. uh, because it doesn't really provide that data to you like an That's ev a good does point too. yeah um you know like like the model 3 or like the mustang Mach e like those um well in the Bolt, i guess like almost every ev um, the projected range changes based on your um, environment yeah and your driving style, um, especially the Mach-E, like they don't even show you a number that isn't based on your driving style. Really? Um, anytime you get in the vehicle, it updates accordingly to how you just drove the car, what the temperature is. Wow. And that's like I- accurate. Um, people have tested that already. That's awesome. Yeah, whereas yeah. I th-
0: yeah. that might be like almost what prompts the range anxiety is this just like slew of data that you get about the car yeah. and people are like, "Oh, well, I've lost this amount of range driving from here to here and the temperature was this and it's like if you're in a gas car, would you even notice or would you just like Pardon. like fill up when you got to your destination?" Like yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I I feel like so many people who drive gas cars are so focused on the MPG yeah. that they don't think of the, you know, the other efficiency numbers it's a good or point anything like that yeah, yeah that's a good point but i agree <laughs> i think a lot of people just worry about you know the next fill up yeah <laughs> and i think yeah. part
0: of that is like at least in the cars i've driven where it's got the estimated range number it'll say like i'll fill up and it'll be like 450 miles i'm like awesome like i don't have to worry about that for a while whereas like an ev yeah. you fill yeah. up and it's like 250 or 300 miles it's like oh well i might not have enough but I don't think I've ever, like, I felt that way at the beginning, but now it's, like, not a huge deal. And I think, it me, yeah. it's less of a deal, especially if you got home charging. We talk yeah. about this with a lot of potential owners. Like, where are you driving your car typically? Do you hop in your car and go take a 300-mile road trip every day? Or do you yeah. hop in your car and drive to work? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. And for most people, not that's everybody. the case. Like, I think we were looking at some some stats on this, and, like, the average commute is about 20-ish miles. Is that right?
1: yeah yep okay less on average it's less than 30 miles round trip
0: yeah so yeah you hop into your car you drive to work you might have charging at work or not if you don't it's probably not a huge deal you drive home and you plug in when you get home either in your driveway or your garage and you wake up in the morning with 250 or 300 miles again it's not like (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think with gas you're like almost you you kind of have to shift your thinking a little bit is like you wake up every day with a full charge it's not like you wake up every day with a half tank and got to stop for gas somewhere exactly
1: yeah which takes you out of your commute if you think of it yeah you know to have to stop somewhere and get gas and um Alex I was going to ask you have you ever been concerned if there's like not enough chargers out there like if you are going on a road trip like what are some of your
0: experiences with that for me it's been a little tougher because I don't have home charging I think I talked about mm-hmm. that a little bit in the last episode, but the the hardest part for me is probably finding chargers that are available, honestly. Um, there's never usually, it, being in Columbus, we've got a ton of chargers. I've actually been very like impressed with the amount of chargers that are out there. Um mm-hmm. it's just whether or not they're full, honestly. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like we've almost run out of like spaces to charge because there's so many EVs out there nowadays. So like mm-hmm. for example, I went down to uh like downtown in the little town we live in in Columbus here. Um and they've got a charger right off Main Street if you want to go to shops and stuff like that, which was which oh, is nice. awesome. It's owned by like the, the local city uh city building. Free charging for residents, it's awesome. So I drove over there and a Vol- or a Volvo XC90 or something like that. It's a plug-in hybrid was plugged in there. Yeah. I'm like, oh gosh, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which like I didn't necessarily need to charge, but I was not having home charging. I'm always looking for chargers because I might as well get a charge if I'm going to be parked somewhere. So mm-hmm. I, I backed in my car so that it was close to the charger um, left my business card on the, on the car that was sitting there and said, Hey, can you please plug me in? If you're, once you're done, they're like, sure thing. Like they, they texted me afterwards said like, yeah, no problem. (laughs) Plugged in my car. Um, which was awesome. Like I, I definitely love the, the EV community for being, being people like that. Generally, we're generally kind of looking out for each other since we're such a small percentage of drivers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) But honestly, at least uh, driving around town, I never really have worried about, like, finding charging and kind of back to your point, like, most of your charging is done at home anyway. So, like, I don't think people always yeah. throw that into the equation. is like, well, I've got to stop after work at a charger. It's like, not, not really. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. You almost have to take that, like, gas perspective out of your head mm-hmm. when, you know, buying an electric vehicle. You don't necessarily have to stop somewhere afterward yeah you know you can just go home yeah <laughs> well the most most you know majority of people do. yeah 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 and that's yeah.
0: that's been interesting for uh a lot of the at least in our tesla group is anytime i chat with people and i say oh i was over at this char- supercharger they're like i haven't been to a supercharger in six months i'm like wow yeah. like especially yeah. even with the pandemic since people aren't, aren't traveling as much they just charge at home like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's crazy yeah
1: I know that's the case for me um, unless I like I'm purposely going to a uh, fast charger the last time I was at one was uh September.
0: Wow. And I think that kind of to a bigger point there is people always get worried about us not having enough chargers, like to support a large fleet of electric vehicles. But if you think about it, anywhere there's electricity, that is a potential charging location. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Right. So, (laughs) and think about where we've got electricity. It's everywhere. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I know I like, for example, like if you need to go camping, there's the, you know, uh, plugs for RVs at campgrounds. You're right. That, yeah, you know most EVs can plug into. You know, and the nice point is, is you could even sleep in your EV if you wanted to. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brandon and I Great were just like an RV. Yeah,
0: Brandon and I were just talking before this. We might do a video in the future. Um, I've got a, somebody that wants me to check out their their bed for the the back of the Model Three, so I'm gonna try <laughs> to find either a campground or if Brandon lets me just sleep in his driveway (laughs) and steal his charger. (laughs) So
1: I won't charge you for electricity. (laughs) But
0: Yeah. That's another, that's another nice benefit. Honestly, is um, I think people often think it like takes forever to charge. And we touched on it a little bit in our last episode, but like Brandon was saying, you got to shift your thinking from gas. Like when you go fill up your gas car, you pull into the stall, you, Put your car. Don't plug your car in. You put you put the the <laughs> nozzle in your car, and yeah. you wait there for five minutes or maybe ten minutes if you got a big big tank, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. then you pay, and then you drive away, which like is fast, but like is it convenient? Really, like no no (laughs) (laughs) no
1: no it's not and actually a thing that just popped in my head too uh safety reasons Mm. um you know when you're pumping gas you have to be there to either hold the pump or monitor it you can't just walk away you're right (laughs) yeah you know
0: (laughs) and with an ev like we touched on last episode typically you're charging when your car is already parked anyway like you spend probably less than less than an hour in your car on a daily basis, unless you're doing a road trip, which like, it's kind of a whole nother discussion. It's a reason we want to do a whole podcast on it, honestly. Yeah, because <laughs> oh, <there's>, yeah. <laughs> Like that's almost a whole different type of charging um, than day-to-day charging. And your car's typically parked when you do most of your charging, either in your garage, at work, if you're shopping, like any of that kind of yeah. stuff.
1: And, and like Alex touched base on uh, a future episode of a podcast with road tripping. You know, if you are concerned right now, like there's plenty of chargers out there and the network and infrastructure is growing every single day.
0: Yeah. I know on the on the Tesla network you can make it coast to coast completely on Tesla chargers. I believe Electrify America now has a mm-hmm. has a route east to west i think and west
1: east. two routes i do think they? they just announced the second one yeah that's awesome which would be uh cool to do that's kind of yeah. a dream of mine oh it's same do a coast to coast yeah. yeah
0: i'd have to take a lot of time off work to do that <laughs> <But> <laughs> right
1: i know but yeah i know it'd be it, i mean it's that will happen one day Definitely. i'm gonna make sure of it <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> save the pto <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right <laughs> so another concern i hear from from potential ev owners are just like uh EV skeptics i guess more than anything is like what's what's our power grid going to look like if we've got like 50% electric vehicles cuz that's like a yeah. huge increase in power right
1: oh yeah um, yeah
0: I mean, you think about you come home and like you turn on all the lights and stuff. You turn on your AC when you get home or your heat, I guess now. Um, (laughs) When you get home from work (laughs) and we've got this huge uptick in power and that puts a lot of strain on our grid right now. Like what's that going to look like when everybody's also plugging in these giant EVs that are pulling like 50 or 100 amps of power? (laughs) Like that's a lot. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So there is definitely a concern there. It's not necessarily something we can't. Uh, can adapt to. When uh, power companies are looking at like load and stuff like that, they forecast all that stuff. It's not like this is coming out of nowhere. EVs are growing, but it's not like we're going to switch to 50% EVs overnight and suddenly have like uh, millions of gigawatts of extra, <laughs> extra power <laughs> needed like immediately. So that's definitely something power companies are looking at and continuing to beef up the grid to support. I mean, our power our power consumption has continued to go up in the past few decades as we become a more like digital society. More than anything, we've got computers running now. We've got all kinds of other stuff, and I mean it is a concern, but it's it's something we've got a lot of smart people working on yeah. <laughs> and working to working to which is uh, comforting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and working to adapt to. Um, another thing is too our power consumption right now. We've got a lot of consumption during the day. But then at night, like consumption drops down a lot because people don't have lights on. They're not like running mm-hmm. anything. Factories aren't running. Like a lot of that stuff isn't running 24-7. It's typically overnight, like that midnight to 5 a.m. where like not as much power is being consumed. And if anything, EVs will help kind of level that that power consumption out, right? Because most of the yeah. EVs are charging overnights in a garage or a driveway, and can help kind of balance out that power consumption. So, I think I think there's benefits and uh, downsides to to lots of EVs on the grid, but I think I think it's something we're adapting to and going to be able to support for sure.
1: Well, yeah, you know, Alex, I actually never even like really thought of it like that with um kind of balancing out the grid. Yeah. Like I, I know that there are some utilities that like offer cheaper rates for uh, charging during specific hours. Oh, yeah. That's, we, that's another
0: thing we can touch on.
1: Um so now like i mean like i've known about that for a few years um that it depends on your state and mm-hmm. your location your utility but um i never thought of it as a way to balance um the you know the grid
0: well that's that's the main reason rates are typically cheaper overnight is consumption isn't as high so they're like yes mm-hmm. if you want to wait till like 9 or 10 p.m to sh- start charging your car then we will, we will- give you a lower rate because because <laughs> we need that extra power during that kind of like five to nine p.m like but while people are at home doing things before bed and everything gets shut off so that's why they kind of give you an advantage to charging overnight do you guys get a reduced rate for overnight charging
1: no 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 I wish we did
0: <laughs> yeah i I looked at it I don't think we have that because it's like it's like there's a higher energy rate at like peak hours and I don't think we have that as bad in the in Ohio but like California especially I know has like peak rates because power consumption is so high between like 5 and 9 p.m when everybody's doing oh, everything true. before bed but then like the rates go down overnight so that's another yeah. advantage to well probably check with your local power company it's probably on most people's bills as well you can see like what your what your rates are and you can do some calculations too to see like how much energy your car is going to take yeah. overnights to yeah. charge and then see what you're paying in gas and kind of kind of figure out the difference i'm pretty sure there's some good calculators out there for that sort of thing
1: and you know that's just another thing evs are good at (laughs) yeah exactly yeah saving you money
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so in in planning for this episode we originally were going to do kind of like rebuttals to all of the fud you hear about evs which fud for those that don't know is fear uncertainty and doubt like you typically like in articles you'll see all these like bad things about evs and we didn't want to give extra attention to that like we really wanted Mm -hmm. to focus on the positive side of owning electric vehicles um because as owners ourselves we know probably more than anybody what the advantages are so that's kind of the route we went with this one hopefully you guys enjoyed it and found some value in it
1: and i hope that you guys had some fud with this podcast
0: some fud (laughs) some fun. Uh. <laughs> like
1: I said, I took that was 3 weeks in the making.
0: Some top tier if you're if you're uh, here for EV stuff, you're staying for the top tier jokes from Brandon. <laughs> right? You knew this was a comedy podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Like I said, like I say every episode I'll try harder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: All right, so so that'll do it for this one. As always, uh, reach out to us on social media if you have questions or things you want us to cover in a future episode. We really do appreciate all the feedback um, from you guys on YouTube and and Twitter, Instagram. Um, love hearing from from listeners and uh it's yeah, been awesome.
1: Yeah, it's been great to hear from you guys. So keep it keep it coming. Definitely, we love so, it.
0: <laughs> so that's all for this one. We will see you guys all in the next episode.
1: Okay. See you guys.